Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome back. back. I am excited. I have a fantastic guest that uh, I cannot wait for you to hear and to learn more about. Um, I've got Rachel Card with us. And before I let Rachel in on this, I just want to kind of touch on a couple of things because as I think about the podcast and I think about what we're doing with MEMSPA and we're just a handful of weeks away from the conference that's going to be up in Traverse City and I hope you've signed up and I hope you've got your hotel rooms and all that booked. But the one thing I think about is social media. So we've got podcasts, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got all this social media going on. And the the million dollar question is, is the social media that you're doing at your school, at your campus, is it is it highlighting the great things that are going on or is somebody else telling your story? Is somebody else able to say what's good, bad, and indifferent? Because as school leaders, it is so critical that we have a handle on the story that's being told and that we make sure that the positive light that our campus deserves is shown through. So that's just uh, my little quick disclaimer before I jump to Rachel. But think about that social media presence and think about how you can shine the light on some of the amazing things that are probably happening on your campus. So with that being said, I'm going to transition over to Rachel Card. And Rachel, I'm going to give a quick little bio of her. First of all, she's an elementary principal. She's also getting her doctoral degree in ed leadership. She loves technology. She's constantly learning. She likes nature. She definitely travels, which I'm sure we'll get into. And she's a Michigan State alum in a house divided. And so we'll maybe have to dive into that too. The only other thing I'd want to make sure that you are aware with Rachel is she also has a blog elementaryinspirations.wordpress.com. Definitely check it out. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, Ben. It's great to be here. Thank you. I am so glad that you decided to come on. And here's the thing. Most people probably don't know this, but you and I have really not formally ever met. So this is a first. We are Our first real interaction is on a podcast. So this is exciting. Yes. Of course, I've, I've followed you through Memspa Chat and through your blog. So it's great to talk to you and get to know more about you in person. So here we go. So the new format. So this is going to be season two, episode three. And if, you, uh, if you've if you been paying attention, principals out there, if you've been paying attention, we had John Wenstrom on for episode number one in season two. And then just released recently was David Simpson. And now we have Rachel. And season two is quick hitting, fast. It's eight questions, eight minutes. Are you ready for this, Rachel? I am ready. Okay, we're going to dive in. Question number one, how did you get to your current role? Well, back in 2012, I was teaching fourth grade and I was hosting a student teacher from Oakland University. And then one day out of the blue, she said, you should be a principal. That wasn't the first time that someone told me that, but the timing was perfect. And just as I was originally called to teaching, I felt at that moment that I was being called to to become a principal, which is kind of funny, but it, it really hit me. So within a month, I applied to Oakland University's Education Specialist Program and earned my degree and administrator certificate in December of 2014. And then the next summer in 2015, I accepted a principal position in my own district at Bell River Elementary. Then two years later, my superintendent offered me an opportunity to return to the school where I taught for 16 years in fourth grade. 
And so now I'm the proud principal of Pine River Elementary. Pine River. So the Pine River what? The Pine River Pioneers. Pine River Pioneers. Love the alliteration there. So, <laughs> Okay. Um, question number two, going to kind of segue right off of that. What's the best advice you've ever received, Rachel? The best advice I've ever received would be... This too shall pass. My mom used to say this to me when my kids were sick. Now I repeat this advice in my head when I'm dealing with all kinds of challenges like extreme student behaviors or rigorous projects that I'm working on or flustered parents and staff. And I also share this advice to students, staff, and parents when they need reminders that tough times always have expiration dates. Great point. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, side note, uh, my secretary and I would oftentimes say, um, uh, there will always be another. <laughs> so, so you know, we always knew that there was always going to be another issue. And so much of what we do is problem solving. And so I like your perspective, this too shall pass, because it's also giving perspective to people around us and back to ourselves. Right. And sometimes, in, you know, in a year or so, we're laughing at the problem in the moment that we're dealing with. Very well said. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Next one. What's your favorite quote? Oh, my favorite quote. That's a tough one. Um, There's so many, but I really love Simon Sinek's quote. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. Now, his idea about knowing your why, I'm sure you've seen his TED Talk, is central to my philosophy of educational leadership. Um, my core why, like yours, I'm sure, is serving the best interest of students and I, I'm always reciting it in my head when I'm making tough decisions. And even just when I'm walking through the hall, thinking about, you know, why am I here? What's my purpose? Love it. Love it. And, and I am a big fan of Simon's. And in fact, I just uh, I just recently interviewed one of his uh, right-hand men, Stephen Shedledsky. And uh, we talked a lot about the why. So um, just a fantastic organization and, and a great message. Okay. Okay. This is one I'm really curious because you and I don't know each other that well. and. And so I can't wait to see where you're going to go with this. But what are two things most people don't know about Rachel? Okay. Well, first, I'm an introvert, which doesn't mean that I'm shy, but that I need time alone to recharge, even if I need to just walk in my office and just reflect by myself. It also means that I'm constantly engaged in deep conversation, which can be a problem that because even when people are talking to me, I'm always thinking about something um, so that would probably surprise a lot of people because I'm typically outgoing and friendly and love to chat with people. Um, the oh. sec- another thing that you, people probably don't know, some do, uh, I grew up on a 1,000-acre family dairy farm, and I knew how to drive a tractor and deliver a newborn calf before I was 10 years old. So honestly, nothing fosters stamina and strength and work ethic like stacking bales of hay in an alfalfa field in 90-degree heat. So I think a lot of the skills that I learned on the farm really helped in my role as a leader. Well, you know, there again, once again, the problem solving piece, but I I mean, I'm sure that your lifestyle growing up, you had, you learned grit, you learned just the value of hard work. Yes. Yes. And and just in the satisfaction, you get a lot of gratification from raising a, a dairy cow or planting a field and watching it harvested in the fall. Yes. That's, I would have never known that. Now, the introvert piece is interesting to me because I really like what you said because not a lot of people maybe would have guessed that, but the deep level conversations and and you just, you really seem, Rachel, you really seem as though you have a, 
a very good perspective of who you are. And, and I think that is so critical in leaders. You've got to, we've got to know who we are at our core. And, and clearly I can tell you know who you are. Oh, well, thank you. The self-reflection really helps get a grasp of that. I could not agree more. Okay, next question. And this one, I am very curious where you go with it. An issue in education you want to fix. These are such good questions. And this is a tough one to just think of one. But I think for me, the fixation on standardized testing and grades to measure student and school success is a big problem. Um, In addition to ignoring the different needs and challenges that students possess individually that can be barriers to achievement, test scores and other quantitative metrics do not measure the non-academic, character-related qualities that matter for students when they seek employment or even just being citizens in today's world. You know, those traits like self-discipline, perseverance, and kindness to others are completely essential in adapting to new environments and dealing with setbacks overcoming frustration and needing the need to collaborate with others. Um, these are the skills that employers want more than perfect scores on standardized tests. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, it's unfortunately, you know, we've, we, you and I have done this long enough that standardized testing has been around for a long time. And, and I completely agree that it would be great to get standardized testing out of education. Unfortunately, the one thing that I've learned throughout my time is follow the money. And there is so much money in standardized testing. My question, I see that you want to fix that. Do you realistically think, and, and now I'm just going to philosophically <laughs> talk this out with you real quick. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is the next question. Do you realistically think in your time in education, the time that you potentially have remaining in education, is standardized testing going to be fixed? I think that... If we partner with businesses and we find out what they want in employees, you know, and even as we work with people in government about how do we solve issues related to political strife or societal issues, that we need to look at the whole child, the whole student, you know, so, and I see that, I see that shift of looking at social emotional issues and trauma and even some of those characteristics that make good employees. Um, so I think, I think we're heading in that direction and I'm hopeful we will fix it. Okay. Love the mindset. Good for you. So we've got less than two minutes. Question number seven. If you've ever been to a wedding, typically if you get a chance to order dinner, you get two choices, chicken or fish. What is Rachel ordering? Well, fish, because that would mean that I'm likely sitting in my favorite restaurant near my home, the River Crab, watching freighters drifting along the St. Clair River rather than cooking dinner at home. (laughs) Even when I'm cooking fish at home, it just seems a little more special. I'm a fish fan. So, it, it, you know, I guess, I guess I have to follow up with a quick one. How do you like your fish or what style fish do you like? Uh, I like salmon broiled with some parsley and red onions and a little lemon. There we go. There we go. That is, that's what's on the menu. <laughs> um, <laughs> last question. And um, this, is, this is an opportunity for you. I would imagine that in your journey, there was somebody that saw leadership qualities in you before you possibly saw them in yourself. Who saw the leadership qualities in you? And if you had an opportunity to to say something to them right now, what would you say? Well, that would be my mom. And of course, thank you. Because when I was about 10 years old, I told her I wanted to grow up and be a florist. And she responded, I expect so much more from you than that. 
And at the time, I thought she was crushing my dream. But now I know that she was pushing me to my greater potential. And so I've learned from that. My husband and I are raising our three daughters to create high grand visions for their lives. Because really, what you what you become is what you believe. I like that. I really like that. And I, I'm going to steal that line, though, from your mom, pushing you to your greater potential. And I think that that's really what we're trying to do right here. All of us in, in leadership, all of us in MEMSPA, the goal is if we come together and we collaborate and we work together, we are collectively trying to move our profession forward to our greatest potential, just like what your mom was saying to you. So I appreciate you coming on, Rachel. This has been fantastic. Just learning more about you and, and um, having an opportunity to, um, to kind of pick your brain, so to speak. So, so thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much. I, this is truly an honor. And maybe I'll see you at, at the MEMSPA conference. Definitely. Definitely. I, I know that's going to happen. I can't wait to get up there and, um, and just get to see a whole bunch of people that um, I haven't seen for several months. Uh, but as I wrap this one up, a couple things. If you have not been checking out the resources, please go to memspa.org and check out the amazing resources that are available to all of us. And it is so important that we continue to collaborate with one another and to push our, our profession and to push education forward. So thanks again, Rachel. Have a fantastic uh, uh, house divided with your Michigan, Michigan State little uh, back and forth battles. And um, I just, I look forward to seeing you in just a few short weeks. Thanks again. Thank you and go green. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.